when I remember about it, it was so cold. <laughs> it was uh, it was crazy. I remember we we used to uh, play soccer before the game, and uh, we did it. We 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 brought the ball there too, and we we're trying to play outside, and we we're like, man. How are we gonna do this? You know, <laughs> it was so cold, and um, but it was everybody was uh, were there, and the, the crowd. I think we had like almost 20, 25,000 people. I don't remember the, the, the exact number, but uh, it was such a nice atmosphere. Uh, you know, the plane, the, the the guy with the parachute, and it was such so special. You know, it was like you said, it was the first one in the village, uh, so uh, it it was special for sure, and. Uh, but it was really cold. I remember that uh, after the game, I had to uh, had to take a hot bath because of everything so uh, so cold. Hi there, welcome to the show. I'm Lucas Favalli. This is Crunch Chronicles. Episode 21 of Crunch Chronicles here this week, and we are thrilled to be joined by one of the all-time leading scorers in Crunch franchise history, a player who made a very big impact in his parts of five seasons in Syracuse. He's top 20 all-time in franchise history history in scoring 146 points in 234 games 72 goals for this player who ranks in the top 10 in franchise history in that department he's tied with Corey Conacher for his seventh place all-time in franchise history Alex Barry Boulay at the time of this recording also at 72 goals tied for seventh so our guest today and Corey Conacher might be falling behind in the very near future but we welcome in Alex Picard, who was such a wonderful player in his time with the Crunch. He spent, as we said, parts of five seasons with the Crunch, starting with his rookie season in 2005-2006. He had 30 points in 45 games for the Crunch as a rookie. A first-round draft pick by the Columbus Blue Jackets in 2004, number eight overall by the Jackets. Then he played his career, or at least parts of his career, with the Crunch. 30 points in 45 games as a rookie, 29 points the following season, but every year he was with the Crunch, he also saw some time with Columbus, so kind of one of those players going back and forth and back and forth over his time, but a very productive player for Syracuse, as we said, 234 games played with the Crunch at 146 points for Alex Picard. He ranks 13th all-time in games played with the Crunch franchise and had a very solid run in his time in Syracuse. Very productive player, a guy who could get it done offensively a bit. He would not shy away from the physicality as well and just a fun player to have in Syracuse. He was a part of one of the most iconic games in Crunch and in AHL history, the very first AHL outdoor game, the Marabito Outdoor Classic in 2010. In fact, Alex Picard scored the first goal of that game as the Crunch defeated the Binghamton Senators. So, we're very excited to have him on the show. A Calder Cup champion with the Norfolk Admirals in 2012. Played a lot of time with some very much future Crunch players. We chat about that. We chat about the Marabito Outdoor Classic and his time with the Crunch. Episode 21. Our guest today, Alex Picard. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm I'm back in, in Quebec City since I retired from from professional hockey. Uh, so I'm I'm back here in Quebec with my family and uh, enjoy uh, spending some time. Uh, 
with uh, with uh, with friends and family uh, because the uh, last uh, 15 uh, 16 years uh, uh, it was uh, really tough to see all my family so uh, now I spend time with them so what do you have going on now uh, post hockey a little bit what's uh, what's keeping you busy these days uh, but the, the first the main thing is uh, I have a real estate company here in Quebec uh, that uh, we own like uh, a lot of buildings so I keep busy with that and uh, I, I started to uh, to work in the high school uh, hockey uh, league so uh, uh, I'm taking care of uh, al- almost 90 uh, 90 uh, players right now uh, high school players so uh, I'm having a lot of fun coaching those guys. Yeah, what's that like? Uh, getting you know, moving, transitioning into that side of the game now, where you can uh, you know influence and 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 have a say in in uh, younger players as they look to grow and develop. Oh, it's when when you 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 stop playing hockey, uh, you know, it's it's really tough. I'm pretty sure all the guys go through the, the same thing. The first, uh, also the first year, it's uh, you 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 try to uh, to. Tr- you try pretty much everything you can to to see what you like, and then uh, when you find something, you uh, you just uh, go on. And for me, I, I really like playing, uh, working with young guys, you know, uh, and try to to help them uh, towards their goals, you know, to to try to play professional. So uh, I, I have the chance to play for almost 15 years, so I can teach them uh, a little bit of my uh, of my tricks. What was the biggest adjustment for you? You know, once your your playing days end uh, or ended, what what what's the biggest adjustment that you've you've seen in terms of? I, I mean, I know hockey players when you're in the middle of of a regular season, it's you're so scheduled, you're so rigid. You go to the rink at this time, the practices, the games, whatever it might be. What what's been the most enjoyable or the most uh, the, the biggest adjustment for you after the game? Oh, the the, the most difficult thing is you, I think you just said it too. It's you have like a schedule. You're uh, Eight o'clock, you you have to be there. Nine o'clock, you're gonna eat. Uh, Ten o'clock, you're on the ice. And and uh, when you you retire, you don't really have anybody to say, okay, tomorrow morning we have uh, at uh, nine a.m. we have a video. Then after we have this. And so I think it's, you have a lot of more lot more times and a lot of more uh, you know freedom. Uh, but that can be good. But on the other side, when you're not used to it, you you can get lost uh, really quick with it. But uh, after a couple of months, you know, you, you, it's better. Then uh, you need to find something you like and uh, just you have to, your, your brain has to, to do something because when you're, you're home and you don't do anything, it's, it's, it's pretty tough mentally uh, the first couple of months. Alex Picard, our guest here on Crunch Chronicles. Uh, we'll start to shift to your time now with the Crunch. Like we said, you spent uh, parts of five seasons here in Syracuse, uh, way back at the start of your uh, your pro career. Before we dive into anything too specific, uh, just you know, what your thoughts? What what do you remember uh, from your time here with the Crunch? Oh, it, was, it was really fun. Uh, it was my first experience as a pro player, so uh, you know, I, I remember uh, a lot from uh, from the. Those years, especially when we had those uh, those tough years with uh, we had that those tough team with uh, the Nemkanapka, we had Marasti, Sestito, Dorset, and all those guys. Uh, that was fun to be part of. Uh, we had really good players as well, Derek Bassar and the top and Jeff Platt, uh, really good guys too. So uh, I really enjoyed my time there. The, 
the staff, you know, they were really take care of their players, Jim Cerusi and all those guys. I, I keep in touch with those guys uh, even the, these days. So uh, that 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 means a lot, you know. They take care of their players like his family. So it's uh, it's a pleasure to to be uh, been part of that uh, that franchise. As you said, you, you started your pro career here with the Crunch uh, back in uh, the 2005-2006 season. 45 games as a rookie for the Crunch. You had 15 goals, 30 points coming out of uh, the queue and, and jumping into pro hockey. What do you remember from you know your first taste in pro hockey as a rookie here with the Crunch? Uh, I remember the first maybe 15 games. It was, it was a, a tough adjustment because the game is a lot faster. And uh, the ring back then was a lot smaller, so it was a, a lot, a lot bit uh, physical, you know, that uh, I was used in uh, playing the queue. Uh, I remember, you know, you play against really men, you know, the guys are 30 years old and you're like 19, and you, you try to 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 go out there and make the most of it. But it was really tough at first, but after I got uh, I got comfortable and I play uh, a lot more minutes. Uh, it was it was a lot better uh, for for that first year. And, and you know we'll we'll go back to the on ice stuff in a moment, but it's also a big transition off the ice when you're you're on your own for the first time, right? Uh, in a, a new city, a new place. What was uh, you know what was the biggest jump for you away from the rink when you're you're uh, on your own? And uh, I know everyone these days they always talk about oh I gotta I gotta cook food, I gotta do laundry. It's it's uh, it's kind of a shock when you're a rookie uh, jumping into pro hockey. What was that transition away from the ice like for you moving into Syracuse? No, that's for sure. I had the chance to play uh, in the queue. We we had a team in the UN uh, in the US in in, uh, in Maine, Lewiston back then. So um, you know, I was far from my family, and I had to do a lot of stuff by myself. I had, still had, had the billet, but uh, I was able to speak and to learn English then too, because I didn't speak English uh, at all when I, I first came in in Lewiston. But uh, no, for sure, when you, you go home and you have to do, like you said, you have to do everything by yourself. Uh, but that first year, I got lucky. Uh, I was living with two other guys. Uh, we rented a, a nice home, like a big a big house. And uh, they, they were helping with cooking and all that stuff. So I, I got pretty lucky on that side. And uh, a couple of years after, I did the same thing with uh, with other guys. Oh, it's always fun to see that progression when you know you have your roommates that first year, and then maybe a couple of years later, like you say, you're one of the the quote unquote vets, or at least have been around for a few years, and you can uh, share the wealth uh, uh, down the the line. Uh, the course of that rookie season, as we said, 45 games with the Crunch. You also get 17 games up in Columbus uh, with the Blue Jackets. What do you recall from uh, your stint with the the Jackets that year and, and your NHL debut? Oh, that was that was really special to to get the first uh, you know the first call up. I remember it was in in Dallas, so uh, I was really excited. Uh, my family could uh, could make it because uh, it was a I think it was a last call, like a last minute call, so I had to 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 move really quick. But it was really nice, you know, uh, to go up there and play with some of my uh, my idols, pretty much like who or against. It was it was surreal, especially I was like oh like I think nineteen in uh, my first game, uh, or maybe twenty I don't remember. It was it was really surreal. It was just like you know a, a dream come true, and uh, it was uh, it was something I would never forget. 
it's always special when you know you get the news a you're getting called up b that you're going to make your nhl debut do you remember where you were when you got the news that you were getting called up to uh to columbus for that first time um i think i was at the rinks you know i think it was uh after practice in the morning skate and uh, we we used to do uh to, to be in the downstairs i don't know if it's the same thing these days but uh, the locker room uh, we had the changing room was downstairs so I was spending time there. Uh, I don't remember what I was doing, but I remember uh, uh, the coach coming and uh, telling me that uh, he had to see me in the in his office, and he he told me that uh, to get to get ready because I would uh, be uh, playing my first NHL game. Um, so I was it was it was surreal, like I said, but it's, it's a feeling I would never. Uh, Never, never forget. Oh, for sure. Uh, the, not much has changed here. It's just become it's spruced up a little bit, but still the the two levels upstairs and downstairs with the uh, the split little locker rooms for the crunch. Now that's your uh, first season uh, in pro hockey. You're number two. You're back with the crunch again uh, in 2006, 2007. Again, splitting time between Syracuse and Columbus. 48 games in your second season. As you're starting to become more comfortable in pro hockey, what you know? What do you recall from your second year pro here in uh, in Syracuse? Oh, I remember I was, uh, you know, starting the, the season. I was, uh, I was feeling a, a lot better. You know, I, I knew what, uh, what to expect. And uh, it was a, lo- a little bit easier when I, I started the first, like, like I said, the first 15 games, you know, it made a big difference on me. And to see uh, other, other rookies to come and try to help them as well. Uh, uh, you know, it was it was it was a good feeling to to be part uh, of uh, of that too. We'll jump to uh, the the third year, two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, which was a pretty special year for the Crunch. We've had a couple of guys on uh, from that team here on Crunch Chronicles over the uh, over the beginnings of this show. We uh, just very recently had Carl Gehring on as well, who joined that team uh, a little bit into it, and uh, everyone remembers the great run down the stretch for the Crunch to make the playoffs. What do you remember? from that uh, that season as a whole for you and for the team uh, with that incredible run you guys went on in, in the uh, the end of the regular season yeah that, that, that was that was crazy I think I, I don't remember I, I think we won like 17 in a row something like that yeah it was 15 in the regular uh, season and then a couple more in the playoffs yeah it, it was crazy we had such a good team and you know we, we had a really tight group and uh, it's, it's crazy when like you got 25 guys pretty much who say, okay, we're going in the same direction and uh, we don't play for the name in the back, but we played for, for the logo. Uh, everybody you know, went on board and uh, we had some great uh, leadership and uh, everybody, like I said, they, they, didn't, they didn't care if they were a first rounder, a second rounder, a seven rounder. They were, they, everybody was in the same both to to win, uh, you know, to go as far as we could, uh, to uh, to be a part of a uh, a winning team. Yeah, it was uh, the Crunch were out of the playoffs midway through the year, and then you go on the twenty three game point streak, fifteen game winning streak uh, at, with the team. You know what what was the feeling around that team as that year progressed, uh, where you know you were had those ups and downs early. Uh, Zed and Kanapka really made, played, a, of course, a big part in the turnaround for the Crunch. But what was the feeling as that you know the run was beginning, uh, and you know you could start to sense something happening for the team. Oh, that, 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 for sure. Like I said, that the, the guys, the leadership group, they were, they were really, uh, incredible. You know, they took everybody 
and they 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 made a really like a tight family and uh, that that was uh, I think that year uh, uh Zen just got traded for us am I right I think he got traded so I remember I remember the first practice he came you know nobody knew him but we knew him because we were playing against but he he, he came right away and started like talking with every everybody uh, like one by one and just asking them like what's up with you and how's you know what's your name and how do you play uh, what do you want to do uh, with your life and all that kind of question I was like who is this guy and uh, you know he, he he did such a great job to 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 glue everybody together that year it was it was something to uh, to to see you know like and uh, and we had like really a lot of tough guys too so that helped uh, you know younger guys to be like uh, to, to to feel more comfortable on the ice and you know we uh, we were all like seven foot out there with those guys uh, on the bench you know yeah and well something that Zenon talked about here on uh, Crunch Chronicles as well was you know yeah you had him you had a bunch of guys who were obviously very much willing to, to drop the gloves but it wasn't just those guys I mean anyone on the team including yourself was ready to go uh, he remembers you know one day Derek Broussard who uh, was challenging a, a uh, you know, one of the uh, the enforcers. I think it was on Manitoba, whether it was a playoffs or not. Uh, but just anyone at any point willing to to drop the gloves or or come to the defense of a teammate really, uh, I, I guess, brought that team together and it just made that vibe uh, such a fun one to be a part of. No, that was like I said. Was, everybody was playing for the guys next uh, next to you, and it was uh, I had like I had a few things like that in my uh, in my career. You no, know, uh, when we won the cup in, uh, in Norfolk, uh, the team really looked like the, like that, that 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 team that year. But you you know, in on 15 years, like I probably had three teams who I can say, okay, that 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 group was special. And uh, for sure that year, that that was uh, part of it. Yeah, we'll have to circle back on the Norfolk team because uh, so many players from that team ended up playing for the Crunch, whether it was the next season or the next couple of years when the affiliation changed. Uh, but uh, circling back to the uh, 2008 playoffs that year after the uh, that great run the Crunch went on, the first round series was one for, you know, for great memories. What a wonderful series it was against the Manitoba Moose. Uh, Six-game series win for the Crunch. Uh, five games go to over. Time we were talking with Carl Gehring about it just a week or two ago on the show, and and he remembers some great moments and what a, a tight series that was. What do you recall from uh, from that playoff series, which comes down to a, an overtime game winner in Game Six for the Crunch? Yeah, that was uh, that was something. You know, every game you have to uh, to you know to go in overtime and just you know try to uh, not to be the guy to make a mistake. So mentally, it was it was really tough on both teams. I think. And, uh, but, you know, we, we, we were so sure that we're going to win. Everybody was putting the work and, um, it was a, uh, such a one, I think, is it, is that that year? No, that, that's not the year Critchman scored. Is that, that's yeah, the that's, year we, that's uh, the one. Yep. Yeah. That was, I, I remember, the, like, I remember that when he scored, I was, I was, I was lucky to be uh, on the ice with him and it was just pure joy. Like he, uh, just talking about it, I have goosebumps because it was we had so so much adversity, and to score a goal like that and be you know like okay we we won, 
it was a uh, it was special for sure. Yeah, that's uh, one of the great moments in Crunch history. That uh, that game six game winner from Trevor Frischman uh, sent the Crunch to the second round against the Toronto Marlies. You come back for uh, for another year with the Crunch. Uh, then uh, your last year with the organization was in two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten, uh, and in the course of that year was one of another great moment in in the history of the Crunch and the history of the AHL. It was the very first outdoor game, the Morabito Outdoor Classic. You were a big part of that. Uh, you scored the first goal in outdoor game history in the AHL. What what do you remember? What was uh, what was it like to play in that outdoor game here against Binghamton? <laughs> what I remember about it, it was so cold. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was crazy. I remember we we used to, uh, to play soccer before the game, and uh, we did it. We 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 brought the ball there too, and we're trying to play outside, and we're like, man, how are we gonna do this? You know, <laughs> it was so cold and. Um, but it was everybody was uh, were there and the the crowd. I think we had like almost twenty twenty five thousand people. I don't remember the, the, the exact number, but uh, it was such a nice atmosphere. Uh, you know, the plane, the, the the guy with the parachute, and it was such so special. You know, it was like you said, it was the first one in the Bell uh, East, so uh, it it was special for sure. And uh, but it was really cold. I remember that. Uh, after the game, I had to uh, had to take a hot bath because it was everything so uh, so cold. Yeah, I had to defrost a little bit. Uh, oh, that's one way to do it. But again, you scored the first goal in that outdoor game, first in AHL history. What do you uh, remember? The goal, remember the play. What was the feeling like if if you you know weren't numb from the cold? What was the feeling like from that uh, that first goal? Uh, yeah, I remember a little bit. I think I had a really nice pass uh, at the blue line, and I was coming back, but then they, they made a turnover. So I think Blunden gave me the puck, and I, I just put my my head down and drove the net like uh, I used to do. And uh, I was lucky enough to to, uh, to put the puck behind the goalie. And uh, I remember the crowd especially is just, going nuts you know it's like everybody was uh, had an excuse to move a little bit to 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 get like a little bit warmer so everybody was dancing in the crowd and the it was, it was a great moment for sure. As uh, the Crunch win that game against the Binghamton Senators 2-1, to one. you mentioned the crowd. It was uh, well over 20,000, like you mentioned. Uh, all all crazy for being there, of course, in the cold, but all enjoying it at the same time. And uh, it, We'll talk about the fans here in Syracuse, playing in front of them mainly here uh, at the War Memorial. What what were the fans like for you know the interactions you had with them on and off the ice? Such a passionate group. What was your experience with them? Yeah, no, for sure. The fans made all the difference in the world, you know. Uh, I remember guys coming in the building, they they didn't want to play because they knew, like, it was going to be really tough first playing against us, but especially the, the fans just, you know, nonstop just <laughs> screaming at them and throwing stuff. And, you know, it, it was a tough crowd. And uh, for us, they gave us, like, an advantage for sure. Um, and even off the ice, we had so many good memories with fans. You know, we're, we're used to go to the restaurant and uh, interact with them, and they always been like uh, really, uh, really good with us on and off the ice. So uh, it was a pleasure, a pleasure to 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 uh, to be part of. Uh, you know all that uh, all that great uh, uh, fan base. Alex Picard, our guest here on Crunch Chronicles. 
you, so you leave the organization, you get traded that year, you, you play in San Antonio the next year and a half, but we'll go to that 2011-12 season with the Norfolk Admirals. Uh, it was the Tampa Bay Lightning organization. Cruncher now in their 10th season as an affiliate with the, with the Lightning. That was the year prior to the affiliation change, and so many guys on that team ended up with the Crunch the following year. Uh, the Mike Angelides is the J.P. Cote's uh, PC Labrie, who's now back with the Crunch again this season. He just signed uh, a couple of weeks ago, a two-year contract. Uh, what a, obviously a very special team that was with the Admirals uh, and so many players who ended up here with the Crunch. You know, from those guys that I mentioned or anyone else on that team who might have ended up in this, it, with the Crunch, what was it like to go on a run with those guys and uh, win a championship with the Admirals and, and then see all of those guys end up here with the Crunch? Yeah, like uh, when I look back, uh, it's, it's the best year of, uh, of my life, pretty much. Uh, not not even just in uh, like because we we won a championship. Just the group of guys we had that year, it was, it was something special. And you know, you uh, you saw all those guys pretty much like fifty percent of those guys coming in, in Syracuse. Uh, it was special. You know, we we didn't have the best team on paper. But uh, every night, like when we started, I think we won like 30 in a row that year. It was it was something stupid. Uh, when we start playing really good after Christmas, it was it was just crazy. You know, uh, everybody was having fun. Uh, John Cooper was the best coach hands down I never had in my life. Uh, it was such a such a fun time to be part of a hockey team that year. Um, and uh, I think we prove everybody, you know, it's not on what's on the paper. It's what you create in the locker room, you know, the atmosphere. And, and uh, when you, you play as a family, it, it, it's hard to, to, uh, to get beat. And when you never give up, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to beat somebody who never gives up. And that, that, that year, we, nobody gave up. And that's why we won. Uh, I think we won, like, uh, last in four, like the last 46 games, we won 43 games, something crazy like that. It's never, it's never you're never going to see something like that uh, never again. No, for sure. Record 28 games in a row in the regular season, plus the, the playoff run that you guys went on as well there in Norfolk. Just a, an incredible journey. Uh, Mike Angelides is going to be an upcoming guest on our show as well, so might as well ask you about him. Uh, you know, captain here with the Crunch for four years, a part of that team in Norfolk as well. Uh, what made him such a, a good leader uh, and just a good person to have on a team? I, Angie was, you know, one of my best captain uh, with, with, uh, with Z, Z was uh, one of them too, but, uh, Angie was something special. Um, you know, he, he was that kind of guy who was going to war every single night. He wasn't the fastest. He wasn't the, the, the most skilled guy, but he was such a hardworking guy that you, you couldn't say, Hey, okay, my, um, my captain do this. I have to, I have to at least try, you know? So every game, he was the first guy to come and show up and practice the same thing. So for the young kids, seeing an older guy like that uh, as your captain, it was the best thing for, for them because, you know, he, he was never sh- showing up and uh, take a day off. It was, it was impossible for him to, to come and, okay, tonight I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go easy. It was never like that. And uh, the guy was just a warrior. 
and um, I really like uh, Angie. Yeah, no doubt one of the, the most uh, impactful players the Crunch have ever had, just ever with everything he did on and off the ice as a captain here for the Crunch for four years. Uh, and then we've, we've got to ask, uh, since, as we alluded to, he is back, PC Labrie, who spent two years with the Crunch at the very start of this affiliation back in 2012 through 2014, just re-signed with the Crunch. What was it like to be his teammate? Uh, uh, he's always got a smile on his face these days, and I know he did back then, too. Oh, he's, PC is my, he's one of my good friends. We keep, uh, you know, we see each other uh, really often when he's in Quebec City. We almost saw each other uh, during Christmas, but uh, with the COVID and everything, it's, it's, it's difficult. But he's one of my good friends, and I'm lucky to have him as a friend. You know, GP Cote is the same thing. He's uh, such a great guy. And uh, I learned a lot from the, the those two guys. You know, it's uh, and his story too, PC Labrie's story. You know where he came from and the, the way he started to play in the queue, and he never gave up. You know, he's he's, he's like Angie too. He's, he's not the best, you know, skater. He's not the fastest. He's not, but he's such a great guy, and he works so hard that makes him like the best teammate to have. And, uh, when I saw that, because he was in Hartford, and uh, I was happy for him because he couldn't. I think he, he tried. He was trying to go in Europe. He couldn't find a place. And when I, I saw him signing for the Crunch, I, I, I texted him right away because I knew, you know, with the organization and then and Jim Sarosi and all those guys still there, that he, it was a perfect fit for him, you know. And uh, to find, you know, P, uh, GP Cote, who's uh, spent some time too in, in Syracuse and all the. It's gonna be great for the guys, and you, 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 you guys in Syracuse have a lot of a guy from Quebec too. So for for them, it's gonna be the, you know the best the best veteran to have around. Uh, like you said, always have a smile on his face. But when it's time to work and uh, put his uh, his game face on, <laughs> that's uh, that's another like we I wouldn't I wouldn't want to 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 be uh, a guy who has to play against him every night because he's. You know, he, 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 he's, a, he's a beast. So, uh, now you guys have, uh, you know, have really, you guys are really lucky to have him as a veteran this year. No doubt about it. He's just such a great presence around, uh, in and on the ice, off the ice, in the dressing room. Uh, we couldn't be more happy to have PC Libre back in the organization. Uh, you mentioned him looking uh, to go to Europe, though. Uh, you ended up there in Europe for uh, several years. You played uh, pretty extensively overseas. What was your experience like there, uh, leaving North America for a bit to, to get uh, the chance to play in Europe? Yeah, that was a tough choice. You know, when uh, I was 27 years old, and uh, we won the, the, the Calder Cup that year. And uh, it was the year of the lockout, so uh, I took a, a tough de- de- decision because, you know, I, I could have stayed and tried to, to uh, make it to the NHL again and stuff like that. But I was getting old, and I had some good offer in the, in Switzerland. Uh, you know, Switzerland is uh, such a nice country, and hockey is pretty good, and, you know, money-wise, it, it's pretty good too. So uh, my agent told me that, I might, you know, might take it and just try it and see if I like it or not. So I said, okay, let's let's do it, let's try it. And uh, I I went to Geneva the first year, and uh, you know it's French over there, so it, it makes everything easier for me. A lot of a guy from Quebec there too, the and the staff. So and the, the coach was a, a Canadian, Marty, uh, not Marty, but uh, his brother, uh, Chris McSorley. So uh, the transition was really easy. 
uh, you know, the language was French over there. So it was, it was pretty good for, for me, my, and my wife. And, uh, you know, uh, it was, it was such a, a nice experience that, uh, I find there for, uh, I stay in Switzerland for four years. Yeah. It looks like, uh, we always hear that same thing of guys going over there and love their experience in Switzerland. Alex Picard, our guest here on Crunch Chronicles. Uh, Alex, before we let you run, we'll just circle back with, uh, to the crunch one more time and just see if you have any, you know, closing thoughts. Thoughts or a final save about your uh, about your experience in Syracuse? No, just uh, you know, with, uh, say to the fans that I uh, really appreciated my uh, my time in Syracuse, and they made uh, they made my time there really wonderful, uh, really respectful people, and uh, I really liked playing for uh, for the Crunch all those years. Even if you know my my time in the NHL uh, wasn't the, the, the the best because you know it was some ups and downs but every time i was in syracuse you know with the with the fans and the coach like the coaching staff and the the the, the front office even the our the, the owner uh such a wonderful people and uh if you need a if you need another veteran i'm i'm still in good shape so <laughs> if you uh, if you still need a guy for a for a, a playoff run you know uh I can play. I play. I play pretty good in playoffs. So uh, just uh, Jimmy, uh, Jim, Jim, uh, know my uh, my my cell phone number. Just uh, just give me a call on that. I'm not too far from you guys. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll I'll put that. Uh, I'll make sure everyone knows that you're uh, you are available if we need you. Which uh, I think everyone here in Syracuse would be happy to have you back too. Uh, Alex Picard, we appreciate the time though here today on Crunch Chronicles. Thanks so much for doing this. Stay safe, be well, and uh, and hopefully we do get you here in Syracuse soon. Perfect. Thank you for having me. There he is, Alex Picard, our latest guest here on Crunch Chronicles. We appreciate Alex for giving us the time here this week and sharing his insight on his time with the Crunch. And uh, obviously a pretty good run for uh, one of the top scorers ever in franchise history. 72 goals scored by Alex Picard, which uh, is up there in terms of uh, all-time Crunch records. Tied for seventh at the moment in franchise history as we record this episode of the podcast. Uh, very recently, Alex Boulay tied him and Corey Conacher for that position. So very possible that uh, Alex Boulay will be passing him in the very near future if he hasn't already by the time you're listening to this episode. But uh, great to have him on. We appreciate him giving us the insight on his time with the Crunch and also his time spent in Norfolk with some future Crunch players like Mike Angelitas, like J.P. Cote, like P.C. Labrie, who is back, as we all know, with the Crunch at the moment. So great to hear from Alex Picard. Great to hear about those guys as well. And uh, just a, a fun conversation today with Alex Picard. If you have any Alex Picard stories you'd like to share with us, you can tweet me at Lucas Favalli or email me lfavalli at syracusecrunch.com. I love hearing the stories of all of our guys uh, who have come through on Crunch Chronicles so far. Uh, Alex Ackerman had a great story that she shared on Twitter about our most recent guest, Carl Gehring, who was also a teammate with Alex Picard here in Syracuse. 
Syracuse, part of that 07-08 run. And Alex sharing that uh, Carl was her first favorite uh, on the crunch when she started watching the team in 2004-2005. So uh, always holding a special place in her heart. Went to San Antonio the following year. And so after he left the organization, uh, San Antonio was coming up to Rochester to play a game. And, uh, well, there was Alex getting a couple of fans together to zip on over to Rochester. Why not? It's only uh, about an hour and change away. Go and see Carl Gehring uh, for the San Antonio Rampage. Now, the funniest part was he uh, didn't play in the game. He was just sitting on the bench. Uh, but uh, still, great. She wanted to get a jersey signed. She had a new Crunch jersey. She wanted to get it signed by the team, but she wanted Carl to be the first one to sign it. So she waited afterwards after the game, and it was, well, as you would expect, Carl Gehring is Carl Gehring, and he was so gracious with his interaction with uh, with Alex Ackerman and uh, signed the jersey. was tremendous. Carl was very thankful, very grateful for not only – her but a bunch of other crunch fans coming just to see carl in town in rochester which is just uh, no surprise there and carl is one of of many guys who uh, over the years have made it so easy to root for this team because they are so friendly to the fans uh, so wonderful so uh, we appreciate that story uh, by alex uh, it's a great story about carl and a great story uh, about some of the other great veterans and uh people that have come through Syracuse over the years. So thanks for sharing that story and we hope uh, we hear some others from uh, from folks about whether it was Carl or, or uh, Alex Picard today or any of our previous or upcoming guests. You can again send them to me on Twitter at Lucas Favalli or via email lfavalli at syracusecrunch.com Thanks again to Alex Picard for joining us this week. We'll be back next week with another great episode of Crunch Chronicles.